7 to 8 p.m. Sport On with Tabiso Musia. Thank you, sir. Good evening, everybody, and uh, thank you for joining us on SAFM Spot On with me, Tabi Somosia, Katlako Mudiba, and Timothy produce the show, and Sylvester Komane is our technical producer. But uh, tonight on the show, folks, uh, we are going to cover, we've decided to cover part two of our conversation with the football journalists about the art and the state of football reporting in the country. Um, a lot came out of our first conversation, if you were listening, with SABC Sports anchor Velile Mnyandu, New Frame Sports editor Njabu Longidi, and Sowetan editor, sports editor. We spoke about supply versus demand with the guys telling us that most of the reporting is guided by what the people want and that's why the big teams like Chiefs, Pirates and Sundowns always get a big share of the media space. Uh, Velile was concerned about the sharing of audio with the people, with journalists who don't attend press conferences and there was also a concern about the lack of investigative journalism in the country as well as sensationalism, especially from the online media outlets who seem to rely on clickbait to get their numbers but Jabulo did explain to us that it is a business after all and at the end of the day they have to make money and people will look at how many um, how many views your story uh, had uh, instead of whether it had depth or it had substance or or not. So we're going to pick up the conversation then from where we left off uh, which was also the lack of coverage for the Glad Africa Championship, the first division. We didn't get into that. We didn't get into the coverage of the transfer window and transparency from clubs and uh, we've decided to refresh the panel. Velile has agreed to join us again. We'll also bring in Khomuta Mukwena who is the deputy sports editor of the Daily and Sunday Sun and uh, from an online perspective we will hear from the evergreen um, Ninawa Antoko there who is doing some fantastic work with the Times Live uh, online. Uh, so please feel free to join our conversation if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, a lot of concerns were raised from the from the first show especially about sensationalism with people always, with, with, with people saying that um, the journalists are always using Chiefs and Paris to sell their stories. It's always former Chiefs, this former chiefs are that and uh, it was answered but we will take more of your questions tonight on 011-482-1510 and also 011-482-9216 as we continue to take a critical look at ourselves in the uh, football industry in the football media industry you can also send us voice notes on whatsapp that number is 061-4104-107 and uh, you can sms to 41391 if you prefer uh, that method for the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. And we already have our first guest on the line, Khomuto Mukwena, Daily Sun and Sunday Sun Deputy Sports Editor. Good evening, Khomuto. Thank you very much for joining us here on SAFM. Evening, Tabiso, and evening to all your listeners at home. So um, we had the first part of our conversation about the state and the art of football reporting. And I think it's only fair that we get your thoughts there. What do you make of the state of football reporting in South Africa at the moment? I think, uh, Natalie, so, you know, with uh, technology, things have had to evolve. Things have had to change and everyone has had to adapt to modern ways of covering the game and, and, and stuff. You know, when we talk about the state of, of, of journalism in its entirety, mm. there's a bit of concern. You know, there's, there's, there's issues of, you know, a lot of people are no longer doing research. They're just publishing. They just rush to publish, you know, sensational stories. They never have time to do proper research and give, you know, uh, their readers or their audiences proper stories. Because now it's the dog-eat-dog of having to 
who's got the story out first, who had it on their website, on their digital platform first. It, it, it's, it's opposite to what used to happen back in the days, you know, you know, when you need to publish a story, it has to tick all the boxes and go through thorough research so that, you know, when by the time you publish, you publish a fully fledged and not half-baked stories that we often see online. But it's, it's the way things are going. You know, we have to move forward, we have to change with the times. So then, has it evolved for the good or for the better or for the worse? I think, you know, we are all under pressure. It's it's the business aspects of things that are changing the game. Whether it's good or for the better, you know, for, for, for from the business side, you know, it's all about numbers. You know, how many hits, how many clicks and how many whatever you got. And then it's good for business in that manner. But, you know, for, 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 for the audience who are, who are, you know, taking the stories, who are reading the stories, I would say it's 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 not so great because they are continuously, you know, almost each and every hour reading half-baked sensational stories. It's all about headlines, not long about the board or the content of the story. I would think, you know, it's a bit, uh, you know, uh, readers are a bit short-changed, but, you know, everyone is rushing to get the news first. They don't really care about, you know, research and all of things. They just want the breaking news. So does a journalist style of writing, Khomutso Mukwena, is it influenced by the media outlet you work for? Because, for example, you've worked for the Sunday Times and you're now with the Daily and the Sunday Sun. Does your, your, your style then change according to where you are? It has to change drastically. You know, I, I spent nine years at, at, at Sunday Times and things were done differently compared to where I am now. If you have to put your, your audience, your readers at first. You have to think about them when you're writing. The style that's used at Sunday Times is totally different to, to, to the style used at Daily Sun and Sunday Sun. For instance, I mean, uh, you look at the LSM of, Sunday, of a Sunday Times reader, mm-hmm. and then you look at the LSM of a Daily Sun reader. You know, Daily Sun, Sunday Sun, you know, they cater for your blue-collar workers, the guys in the overalls, the taxi drivers, the guys who sit in the extra store. And then for Sunday Times, it's a different ball game. You know, you write for a higher LSM market, you write for executive you write for, you know, uh, politicians, you, you write for people who are up, you know, in, 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 in the upwardly mobile people. So you, have, you need to know your audience, you need to, 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 to be able to adapt and to change and to acclimatize where you go. Uh, no two publications are the same. Having said that, you guys, as um, the Daily Sun, which is one of my favorite newspapers, by the way, um, you say you're guided by your readers, but I've seen that you actually cover more than football. You cover a lot of ground. Is that intentional? Yes. So, you know, if you work for Daily Sun, Sunday, we do more of a social service. You know, we Mm -hmm. give information out. You know, compared to a, a publication like Sunday Times, those people already have the information on their fingertips mostly. And our readers, you know, you get a call asking about what time is the match, where is the match. They don't have such information most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we need to inform them. We need to assist them. That's why we are saying it's a social service. You know, that's why we have boxing. You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of boxing followers other boxing followers in the Eastern Cape. You can never neglect that kind of a market. You know, it's a massive. If we were to say, no, we stick to football, we'll be shortchanging uh, a lot of people down in the Eastern Cape and other provinces. Like with rugby, we do get a bit of rugby inside and cricket, and we know also huge following down in the Eastern Cape and other provinces like the Western Cape and stuff. Football is our bread and butter. It's, mm. it's our number one focus. 
but we do have other sports and try to, to, to diversify our coverage. And you've got Charles Baloyi who covers everything from Olympic Games to athletics to cycling to Sascock. He will tell you what is going on uh, uh, there, uh, Charles Baloyi. And on that note, then, how, how community-based are you as the, as the Daily Sun? Is that also one of your, of your initiatives or of your focus points to be community-based? We go to places where, you know, people, you know, fear to go. We go to, we identify and, and, and ask people in the villages, in the rural areas, in far-flung places where they will never, ever dream of getting publicity or getting to be published in a newspaper. And those stories have helped us in a great deal. That's why when we have a people, a person like Chasbalo who's been nominated for so many hours, because we send them out. We say, go find the athletes, go find the boxers, go find the, you know, you know, the people who do amazing things in the villages, and we have the space to do that. And then we talk to the people. You'll be surprised by the number of calls we get from you know people in the townships, from people in the villages. Say, we have this kind of project. We don't know how to do. We need help. We need sponsors. If you can come and have us in the paper, you know, we're gonna have you know people coming back and approaching us and assisting us. A lot of running clubs as well have them. We support mm. a lot of local and township uh, clubs who are struggling to get funds. And, you know, after, you know, we've done some coverage, we've given them coverage and assisted them, you know, things begin to roll for them. So we, we, we go where people are not, you know, actually focusing on, and that's why, as a paper, it's one of the success stories. Mm. And and also I've seen that you you don't only focus on the big three you cover all of the teams um in the PSL is that also intentional uh, because some of the guys that we had last week were telling us about supplier versus demand and that maybe the other teams are not as appealing to the uh, t- to the readers as the big three. You, you know, Travis, you know you have your Orlando Pirates, you have your Kaiser Chiefs, you have Mamelodi Sundowns. You know those are the biggest sellers of the papers. Mm. You know, uh, but you know after them, there's still a lot of clubs. I mean, you cannot really uh, ignore Black Leopards up in Venda. You see when they pack stadium, how many people pack that stadium. So it tells that there's there's, there's you know thirst for information. You know, there's need for news, and then people want to follow what's happening in their clubs. Bloemfontein Celtic, massive club in Bloemfontein. And then, and you know, when you write good stories about those clubs, when you give them publicity, you know, people follow them. People want to know what's happening in their club. Uh, Kaiser Chiefs, Orlando Pirates are always there. You know, it's easy to find information. It's, it, it's on your fingertips. It's, it, it, it's on TV everywhere. But then you cannot ignore such clubs. Polokwane cities, Baroka cities, people in those communities want to read about their clubs. Cheaper United down in the in, in, in Port Elizabeth. Massive, massive following. And then, you know, you need to keep those people informed and you need to tell them what is happening with the club. And that's why our people are doing well in those regions. We also spoke about sensationalism on, our, on, on part one of this discussion. As a deputy sports editor now, where do you draw the line between a good headline and sensationalism? And with the Daily Sun or the paper that you, you work for, um, is, is sport treated the same as the news? Because we know the headlines um, that they put in the front page of, this, of the Daily Sun. Yeah, well, sports is more, is more you know, when, when it comes to headlines in sport, we have to have a balance. You know, we have to bear in mind that we are in the business of selling newspapers and you cannot have boring uh, 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 headlines. But as well, you can have misleading headlines. You know. The story and the headline must balance. You know, the headlines must draw you into the story. 
I cannot give you a headline and when you read the story, it's something completely different, you know. If you continue doing that, you know, people are going to lose hope and are going to say, no, it's not worth our effort and our money to be giving news that, you know, are sensationalized and not quite the core of what is actually happening. Okay, if you've just joined us, we are talking to Humuto Mukwena, who's the deputy sports editor of the Sunday Sun and the Daily Sun. We're having part two of our conversation about the art and the state of football reporting specifically in this country. We'll still bring on Ninawa Ntoko, who is with Times Live. He's the sports editor. Also, Velile Mnyandu from uh, the SABC will also join our conversation later on. We're just going to take a quick break, and I want to talk to Humuto about traveling, because I remember he was telling me that back in their days, before we came into the scene, they used to go to World Cups, they used to go to AFCONs, they used to go to all these tournaments, but it doesn't happen anymore. And how has that now affected uh, the state of reporting? At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Velele Mnyandu is going to join our conversation uh, shortly. But uh, so back to you. I was saying before the break that you always share stories of how you guys used to travel. I don't know how many World Cups and Afcons you've gone to. I know you've been to the Gold Cup because I remember that famous picture of you when you still had uh, dreadlocks. Journalists don't travel anymore. Firstly, during that time, how valuable was it to be able to go to these big tournaments? You know, Tavi, so it really, really opened our eyes. You know, it taught us so much on how things are done by journalists from other countries. You know, having been at the same places with those top journalists from the UK, you know, it, it, it was inspiring. And then we, we, we learned so much and we traveled the world. We used to travel and then, you know, we went to the 2004 Afcon in Tunisia, 2006 in Egypt, 2008 in Ghana, 2010 in Angola, 2006 World Cup. 2005 Gold Cup, Gold Cup, a whole lot of tournaments, and we used to travel wherever Bafana were going. But I think change, things changed drastically around 2008 when the recession hit the world. You know, the economic climate, you know, it was bad, and then companies started, you know, cutting budgets badly and seriously, and then you needed to justify where you needed to go because, you know, costs, we're becoming exorbitant and companies, you know, we're cutting these corners and, you know, trying to do with much little budget as possible. And it, it has an adverse effect on, on, on reporting ever since. I think after the 2010 World Cup, you know, it's difficult to justify to your companies to take you to an AFCON or to a World Cup, you know, with the World Cup where we've not been qualifying. Uh, it, it, it's difficult to justify that. And what happens is that now the reporting is watered down. Mm. You know, you are not there. You are not on the ground. I mean, when you are there, you are the eyes and the ears of your publication and of the nation and of the people back home in South Africa because they are not able to see what is happening in the various camps overseas. There's so much happening there, pre- and post-matches and stuff during training, traveling, food, hotels, you know, you are there. But, you know, things have been watered down because we, 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 it's difficult to go. We have to do things here by remote control. And, you know, it's no longer the same. Valile Mnyando, you've been listening to the conversation. Good evening and thanks again for speaking to us tonight. Come again, Tabiso. I'm saying uh, good evening and thanks for speaking to us again tonight. 
good evening, Taviso, and also to Prato and also to Spot on Business. Let's pick it up from the point of traveling, Velile, because I know that this is a sensitive topic with many a journalists. I believe, I don't know it as a fact, but I believe you've had to fund some of your trips to these major tournaments uh, recently. Um, how has that affected the standard of, of, of reporting or how crucial is it for journalists to be at these, at these, at these tournaments? I think one of the difficulties um, we've had over the years, um, especially from the print side and um, is the financial strain this has taken um, on a number of media houses. And you then uh, get to see a situation uh, which, when you open it, you, you are alluding to it, that uh, we, we would be getting a, a, um, audio mm-hmm. from, from Safa, for instance, and you find that uh, you don't even understand the context uh, to the interview, and sometimes you feel that if you were there, you would have uh, taken uh, uh, this angle. And uh, I think back in the days when Aboto with the likes of Minawa, BBK, and Aboto when they would be traveling, and you'll find maybe three or four media houses traveling with the national team. I remember one of the interviews we were having this other time where Bafana traveled to a crucial a qualifier to play against Libya and qualified to the Afcon, and there were no journalists accompanying them at the time. And it's not because maybe um, the journalists don't want to go there, but what I heard at the time was that uh, the trip alone was costing close to 40 grand. Um, now, this is just for a single qualifier, and there's still the Afcon tournament that is still to come. And you will find that that tournament, um, you will spend just closer to that amount or slightly over uh, 40,000 rands for the whole tournament. Now you can see um, the funding element, and but also the quality is also compromised because you're not there and you don't get to ask the questions that you want to ask. You don't get to cover the angles that you want to cover. Uh, there's no diversity in terms of... Because one of the things that I'm against, if we're going to play against Libya, we know about Bafana Bafana. Mm. So... I'm more interested in what is this Libyan team all about because this is the team uh, which has been running with the league for a very long time. They don't play at home. Um, they play in Tunisia or they play uh, in Egypt. Um, so those are some of the things you want to come up with. Uh, how do they prepare going to, to the tournament? And then when you're there, you get to find out, no, most of these players, because they are staying in Tunisia or in, in, in Egypt, they are, tra- they are playing friendly missions. Um, against Egypt. So this also now gets to shape um, the, the mind of a football fan here at home, you know, in terms of why are these guys were even superior against Peter's uh, in in the tough concert. So the educational element is taken away. So then on that note, then, are media houses within their rights then? Because it seems like they don't prioritize sports uh, when it comes to budget for traveling. Are they correct in not prioritizing sports? Is it a concern uh, to the journalists or is it understandable in these economic times? Well, I would say, I would say it's understandable. And uh, maybe for someone like Tho uh, and Minawa, because they are also uh, more... Uh, managerial in, in terms of their positions, mm. and they will tell you about um, the, the budget. And I, I remember from some of uh, of the stories I've heard from some colleagues that um, you'll find that there will be more budget for cricket and rugby than football. Oh. But you find that um, most of the readership um, is coming from 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 football. 
But I would, I would talk about um, where I'm coming from. Um, most of the trips and that I've been involved in with, with SAGC have not been uh, SAGC-funded trips. Sometimes you find that um, a sponsor is paying for that, or maybe through a federation, is paying for a trip. I remember even when we traveled with Sundowns, first mm. to Alexandria, um, when they won the Champions League title, it, mm. uh, it was a, a fully funded trip by Sundowns. When we went to Japan, it was also funded by Sundowns. Uh, but last year, you will recall um, that I also paid for my trip. Yes, to AFCON. Uh, to, 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 to the AFCON, you know. And these are some of the things we've, we've gotten used to. But also, when you come back from the tournament, or even when you are at the tournament, it's, it's, it's something then that, that does something um, to you because you get to network uh, even in terms of shaping your mind, in terms of covering um, football, it also shapes your mind as well. But yes, maybe my family will say, but look, you've taken money from home. But at the end of the day, I'm a football journalist, I'm a sports journalist, and these are some of the things that also make us to grow. Okay, we've also got on the line uh, Lutando Zibego there. Uh, I'm sure you might know the name. He's, of course, a former media manager at Kaiser Chiefs and also worked at Chipa United as a football person through and through. And he's a former journalist uh, with Kickoff.com, uh, with Kickoff Magazine at the time. And I keep telling people that Lutando Zibego actually uh, did one of the best pieces that I've ever read in a magazine when he went uh, to go train with Kaiser Chiefs. And the way he documented that training with Kaiser Chiefs day by day and how unfit he was and um, how much respect he now has for footballers it's really stuck with me over the years it was very um, informative it was unusual at the time it was unique and he joins us on the line Lutando good evening thank you for joining us a very good evening good evening members uh, very good evening to the listeners and also uh, to the, the, the distinguished uh, men um, both Mr. Velilo and uh, Mr. Homot I know you want to add good evening Trumpies Yes, that's what they call him in football, Trumpies. I know you want to add to the issue about traveling uh, at Trumpies. Why did you feel that it's important to add your voice here? Yeah, I think um, um, first, I think we, we, we must acknowledge the fact that, uh, like Phil said, you know, times have changed. And um, I remember when um, I traveled to to Ghana, you know, together with um, with Thor, uh, Team Spirit, and uh, the likes of Trapili. Uh, uh, Cooper, um, it sort of um, took my work to the next level, mm. you know, in a sense that um, I thought before I traveled, I, I, I knew a lot, but I realized that there was so much to learn, um, not only outside the country, but also from my colleagues who have been there, you know, for for a very long time. You know, I I, I sat a lot with um, Timothy and, um, and, and, and Billy. Uh, who, I mean, in the late 70s, you know, was already in the, in the media space, you know, got a lot of feedback on my work, you know, so that, that sort of helped, you know, and I think one of the challenges with, um, with, uh, with my, our colleagues today is that they are not open uh, to learning. They are not open to criticism, you know, they get to football, you know, they already know a lot, you know, um, and I think uh, when you open yourself to, to learning and getting better, Mm. You know, it helps a lot, and that's what traveling has done. You know, first thanks to 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 my good friend uh, Mr. Vendelian. You know, he has developed and he's 
he has not even reached his peak. You know, he's developing because he wants to learn all the time and takes criticism. Mm. And Lutando, while we still have you on the line, I mentioned that article that you wrote on Kickoff. I hope you still remember it like I do yeah. and how unfit you were at the time. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what can people learn from that article? Do we still have have articles like that? Because I don't find it uh, anymore. You were really creative at the time. I mean, to go and train with the, with, with the club and give us the insight that you gave us was, was just incredible. I think first let me uh, uh, give, uh, you know, sort of uh, credit to to my editor then, uh, Mr. Richard Maguire, you know, um, Mr. Zola daughter and, and Mr. Neil Gregg, you know, because they gave me an opportunity, you know, to go out and, 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 and be creative. And um, that um, uh, actually, the time when I went down to that, and I think um, in 2007, that obviously, I think, and me, the, the Taylor Chiefs uh, move you know, the next year because of the way I conducted myself, mm-hmm. the way I, 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 during the camp and during that process, remember that uh, I was I was around the likes of uh, Dafoe, uh, Tottenham Spurs, you mm-hmm. know, and all these stars, you know, when we went to do a charity. And I was like a player too, mm-hmm. you know, and I behaved like a player, but, you know, I got a lot of feedback. You know, so it is that that confidence that gave me confidence. You know, mm. but it's not only um, a member going to this Deben uh, and being part of the Watercom Challenge. You know, mm. when I was at kickoff, I would go to and spend four days in um, in 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 Polokwane and, and cover Winners Park. You know, I spent time with Ayoba ah. uh, Mayoyo and mm. covered that story. You know, so so and and give the details. You know, so I think the guys now um, at times they are comfortable. You know, sitting and watching what Twitter is saying, uh, instead of going out, and it's not only traveling, it's not only going to these tournaments. Mm. The tournaments they obviously take you to the next level. But if you leave, if you go to Qatar, for instance, I mean, I remember I went to 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 do a story in 2007 with uh, with uh, Bay United, uh, with the state of football in the Eastern Cape, and I had to go there to speak to Nigel Dixon. I had mm. to go there to speak to to Mr. Senzo Mazengisa. You know. So traveling helps you, you know, it opens up your mind, you know. So I think guys should take it upon themselves, mm. you know, to, to sort of travel um, a, a lot because it, it helps you. But also, where also I want to, to add, um, Mr. Mosier, is that um, uh, football clubs, um, I think they can also, you know, change the attitude that, you know, uh, media houses have towards them. Uh-huh. You know, um, I, I remember, for instance, we... We had uh, uh, an article where, um, 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 in, in the start, um, you know, a machine mm. uh, actually, well, I think he, there was a change of, of exchange of words mm. between himself and Mr. and Mr. Gordon Nickerson. And my role, you know, as a media officer, was to go to to the publication and say, guys, we've, we've got to be sensible, we've got to be responsible, you know, and and on, on our reporting, you know, to. Mm. So that we don't, it doesn't get to to a level where you've got to ban a, a journalist from coming mm. to to a newspaper. So there is that work that uh, needs to happen after working hours. And I know this having been at a club like Tiger Chiefs and um, and a, a, a smaller brand like Chippa United, where you've mm. got to do a lot. It's not about what you do between after after eight and, and five o'clock, but you know meetings. For instance, it all will tell you that. I had meetings with him, you know, uh, where he would give me feedback about how we, we can be better, you know, how 
we can change perception on how people look at the at the institution I was working for. You know, so so I think there's there's a lot that needs to happen, but most importantly, you know, I think journalists and and our colleagues uh, they need to open up to to learning new things okay. and also you know um, a, a, a developing and being the best that you can be. So, yeah, but, but I think overall I'm I'm fascinated by the likes of of, of um, Mr. Ngidi. Um, I call him the Thierry Hendo of writing. Oh yes, Jabulo Great stuff. Thanks for that, Lutando. Uh, so I'm coming back to you. I just want to acknowledge a few voice notes that have come through. And Matimu Wakashikombe, I hope Lutando has answered your question there about the relationship that uh, media officers have of oh, the journalists about their relationship that they have with media officers of different clubs. Let's go to the voice notes. Evening, Tabiso, and the, all the guests that we will have in studio. This is Vanako Kondazi, down in Chosini. My question to all the guys there is, uh, how are they planning to improve the standard of sport journalism in the country? Because many of the supporters are feel, feel that the other journalists are biased and all the stuff. How can they improve the standard so that whatever that the journalism or the journalist report is valid and they feel that is not they are not biased. Thank you, Tim. Okay, thank you, Mfana Wakakoko Echozini. And so, how does the standard then improve? Because journalists have been accused of being biased. And uh, you, on your Twitter page, you've made it clear that you support Benoni United. <laughs> I've stayed away from supporting club football ever since I started uh, working in this industry. Because, you know, when I was growing up, I used to support a particular team. But when I started working and I started you know, working closely with the club. And then I noticed a few things and I saw how things were done and, you know, with other clubs as well. And then I took it to that uh, I'm not going to support club football and stick with Bafana Bafana. But when it comes to those kind of things, bias, I mean, you know, as, as, as the guys on the desks, uh, we have to, we have to like do checks and balances and stuff. We have to guide these youngsters because, you know, they, they, they can sometimes no, not be disciplined and stuff. You know, they just feel like they can do as they want. You know, it's, it's, mm. it's difficult, but you have to keep it under check and then do those checks and balances and try and work with them closely. That you, you've got a duty mm. to, to represent the paper fairly. You have the duty to come out with a voice that's impartial and not supportive towards a club. We try and control that. And I think none of our guys are... Uh, biased and stuff. It's just that, you know, people get close to certain clubs when they start doing a bit. Mm-hmm. If you're in Pretoria, you do Orlando, you do Mamelodi Sundowns and you do Super Sports United. And then if, if you keep on doing the beat for a couple of months for a long time, people think you support that particular club. But it's just uh-huh. that you are spending a lot of time there. But you do have checks and balances and you have it under control. Okay, let's go to Soweto. Tabo, good evening. Hello, Tabo. Can you hear me now, Tabo? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you? Fine, thanks, Tabo. Go ahead. Fine, man. I just want to check with colleagues there that you see now that we are having uh, difficulties in terms of availability of budgets and so forth. Have they considered uh, technology? Because I think they can 
uh, exploit technology to cut their traveling because some of the things that you used to do in the past by traveling, now you can do them with technology. And then secondly, in terms of uh, the way they, 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 uh, most of the sport reporters report, there is no innovation. Let's take, for example, Chiefs and Pirates are going mm. to play. You will know that what is going, what is likely going to happen is that they are going to call Sangomas and to say they must predict <laughs> the game. And then secondly, they are going to look at which, uh, which team beat Chiefs in the past and so forth. But there's nothing different except those two features because that is the common uh, way of reporting. Okay, loud and clear, Tabo. Great question. I'll let the gentleman after answer after the break. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. Okay, before we bring in Mnina Wanchoko, Times Live Sports Editor, let me get Velile to answer that question. Velile, there was a question from Tabo in Soweto about can you use technology then since you can't travel? Is, 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 will you get the same or do you, is it important to be on the ground? Well, technology is there, Tabo. And um, I think Tabo has got a valid question there. And I'm one of those guys in the industry and uh, there are other guys too that I consider myself now as more of a multimedia uh, journalist. Um, because we're not there just about if you are um, writing for the newspaper or radio reporter. It's not just about that anymore. It's also about all the other digital platforms as well. But there are things that require your journalists to be there on, on, on the spot. And also, it doesn't mean you have to be there all the time. But um, in, in, in crucial qualifier, for instance, where you're on the edge of qualifying for a tournament and also qualifying for the, for the tournament itself, and that one needs to be there. But there was another important question, mm. and, and I, I, I think the question was coming from Mitchell's in mm. uh, how can you be diverse in terms of also if you're building up to the derby? And it's also mm. a question that I think it's also valid yeah. during this time. Yeah. When I, I was at Kaiser Shields just before um, this recent derby, if you were looking at the number of uh, sales that they were doing in their concert store, and they will tell you that this is a tradition, even on the day of the game. And I, I was thinking, if I'm a TV producer, um, I will have a camera here to just just to build up to the that something different. And and also maybe you can even look at the way Orlando Pirates has also been doing things as we build mm-hmm. up to the derby, um, especially on their um, digital work, uh, on on how they've, they've changed things around their branding. So there are things that was. Not everything is just about what is going to happen within the 90 minutes, but also leading to the game, what are some of these things. But I think as time goes on, um, the media houses will look at these things and these are things that should be adopted. Let's also bring in Times Live Sports Editor, the evergreen Ninao Antroko, who joins us on the line. Damni, good evening. Thank you for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. What a legend. Good evening, good evening, Tara. And give uh, good evening to uh, colleagues and uh, also to the listeners. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Damni. You are in charge of Times Live Sports online and you've been on top of your game since you went that route. Uh, but for the benefit of the listeners now, what motivated your media company to focus online? Because there used to be a newspaper, I think it was called The Times. Yeah, well, look, it, it, it's, not, it's not just Times Live. Um, this is uh, across um, all of our digital platforms. Mm. Um, which also includes uh, Solitaire Live, um, Dispatch Herald, BD Live, which is Business Day, the live version, um, and Sunday Times, the digital platform itself. So 
this is across all of all of our digital platforms. And I mean, in essence, I I, I haven't really left newspapers per se, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm very much digital these days, and, and that's what I do. I mean, the company decided to invest to get the direction because it was quite clear that a lot of what we see in terms of newspapers and from research that they did, um, the future is digital. In fact, the future is now as it is. Um, I think for me, this is uh, this is where I want to be. This is where I've always wanted to be because um, it's one thing to wait for a story to be published tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, we publish now so that you know exactly now what's going on. Um, back in the day, you guys used to beat, you guys as a radio used to beat us because you have to wait <laughs> the next day. Not anymore. We beat you guys today. <laughs> we get to the story now. And uh. this is essentially the point. But I think the basic principle here, yeah, I think I think one of your listeners mentioned something earlier on. I think one of the, 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 the key things here is this, the principles of journalism have not changed for us as now what we are called arena holdings. Mm-hmm. They've never changed. The very basic principles are still... Uh, I mean, my guys, you, Max Trado, Mashadze, all mm. of them, uh, Kanye, so you name it, they will tell you that I'm still going to ask them, okay, where is the response from the other side? Where is all of the questions that we normally keep when we're writing for the Sunday paper, which is the Sunday Times, we're still going to ask them even when we're writing every day. We don't just rush to publish just because we want to beat the competition. The fact of the matter is we still have to tick the boxes, we still have to follow the press code, and we still have to ensure. So it's not just about chasing to see if we are the first to actually get a story. We work on it and make sure that all of the boxes have been ticked. Mm. And at the end of the day, that's how our stories are published. A lot of stories actually, actually, actually started that we actually don't even publish because mm. we feel that they didn't tick the boxes. And we see maybe some of our rivals have actually published them, but we feel that as a company we couldn't go that route because they, they do not satisfy the requirements that have to be met to ensure that all of the boxes are ticked as a company. Okay, let's go to the voice notes. Damni has answered three of my next questions about the basic principles that still apply. And uh, let's hear what people have to say. Good evening, Tabizo and your crew there. Uh, this is Bule Jackers here in Pretoria. My question is, why is it that some journals, journalists, football journalists, they tend to attack certain coaches when they are doing their duties, especially in their reporting? I'm saying this because uh, I remember how coach Six Mashaba used to get a lot of kind of abuse from certain journalists during his stint as a Bafana Bafana coach. So I just want to find out from, from your crew there, from the gentleman as to why is it that way that certain journalists, they tend to attack coaches, especially attacking their personalities. Uh, is it allowed in terms of their line of duty? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, good evening, Tabiso and your guest. This is what you say from APEA. Tabiso, um, honestly speaking, um, there are publications that are doing a good job um like your far post the new baby um sunday sunday times uh times live kickoff and few other channels but for me the worst and the worst of them all is isokalatuma i don't take those people seriously um i think it was all over that they created poker stories um and 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 recently they they have this thing of comparing um who it's best between Ukatsande and who whoever the player is or they tell us about how many cars does parker have uh parker on vacation um 
you know rubbish stuff like that so so at that Sokalatuma should be closed down period because they are useless see ya from a PE. Okay, thanks for those uh, views, uh, uh, gentlemen, and uh, we will get our panel to answer after this break. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, let me play these other two voice notes and I'll let the panel answer uh, uh, to all the questions. I'm noting them. Evening, dear Tabis. I just want to ask your guest how difficult is it uh, for them, like as journalists, to find out how much clubs spend on buying players? Because I remember. It used to be rebuilt uh, previously when Sandos was buying players, uh, how much they are spending. But recently, I don't hear anything about how much players, clubs are spending on buying players. Good evening, Tabiso. I, I believe now that uh, the standard of uh, journalist, sport uh, journalism has dropped so much because most journalists feel uh, 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 so strong about their relationship with the club chairmen. So the, there's no need to dig and give what the clubs will necessarily not want to reach uh, 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 people out there. So that's why the standard has dropped so much. They, 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 they are not interested in giving us, for example, how much is Adidas giving Paris or Nike giving Kaiser Chiefs. If it means they will not upset someone from the team to give that information, then they, they won't give it. They care about their friendship. Okay, I don't know how true that is, but we'll let the gentleman answer. Let's start from the top. Umninawa Ntloko Pule Yakos wanted to know, he says that he believes that sometimes uh, journalists go overboard and start having personal attacks on coaches. He made the example of Sheikh's of Sheikh's Mashaba. Is that is that justified, his comment? I, I, I wouldn't say per se um, 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 when I went at that. Here's the thing. Um, I think it, it, it would be difficult to use Oprah uh, Sheikh as an example, uh, mainly because I think towards the end um, there was a lot of tension on either side, and the relationship I think had come to a point where both sides um, had reached a point of no return. But be that as it may, I I I don't think you can say uh, journalists go out of their way to attend. And and my my main point is when when a journalist says. Look, this is what the coach said to me, and I'm angry about A, B, C, T, and F. But they said they, they, the essence of the fact is, is, does he talk to you? Did he give you the interview? Do you have the quotes? And then we'll try and resolve whatever issues there might be on the side because it doesn't help either party to have a situation where there's no relationship between both parties. At the end of the day, if you're going to use, for example, the issue of a national team coach, I'm denying a lot of people, never mind never mind our readers, but this is a national team, and I can't have a situation where we are having a showdown with a national team coach. So if you're going to call it a personal attack, I think you do get constructive criticism. I mean, any of the gentlemen who are here on the panel will tell you we do criticize because we are passionate about our national team. We will criticize we feel that maybe there are some issues that are there that are demanding that they need to be answers that the, li- the listeners or the readers will want uh, answers to. I mean, the many listeners who actually phone into the into your show each time a national, a national team squad has been announced, I mean, points to that. 
and they expect that we ask certain questions. Some of them might be uncomfortable, mm. some of them might be a little bit difficult for them to answer, but the bottom line is they have to be asked because we can't have cozy relationships where we are buddy-buddy and we don't get to ask questions exactly the way that the listeners and the readers would like us to. On that note, Velele Mnyandu, the other voice note then accused the media of trying to protect their relationships with these clubs and with this chairman, and uh, they were basically saying also there's no transparency when it comes to figures. How do you respond to that? Uh, it's a very interesting question, and um, you know sometimes uh, people will say these things we don't know. Um, I know a lot of colleagues, including myself, um, who pre- previously have fought a number of people uh, from different clubs, even there at the top, um, even coaches. Um, but we all do these things behind the scenes, and this fighting because it's not something that is meant um, for public consumption. And you, you find that the differences uh, that would be having with people in the clubs uh, is during this discourse of trying to get information. And, and also, you see, accessing some information in South Africa is not, is not easy at all, um, especially when it comes to um, the transfer fees. Uh, people talk about sponsorships, you, you know, and, 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 and I would I'd also like to, to warn people here because I've, I've seen previously uh, people saying this player costs this much, and you'll find that uh, you find that two years down the line, even after this figure was out there, no man, this was not a good, uh, the right, the right figure. This was this was a wrong figure that was, that was put out there. And sometimes you find that if there's an accurate figure that has to come out, uh, it will be a figure that will be leaked, uh, maybe by an agent uh, or maybe someone related to the deal, because there's an interest on why that figure um, sh- should come out. But most of the time, and this is something that I think I must emphasize, most of the time the figures, even to do with sponsorship, even to do um, with transfer fees, those are estimations. That is not accurate information. Okay. And then um, the other question was about basically sensationalism. Now, a quick one. You did say that you still stick to the basic principles of journalism, but people are saying that the online publications thrive on sensationalism. Is that is that correct? Uh, I, I, I have seen it once or once a couple of times. And I get where some of the readers are coming from, where they would feel that some of the things have actually been exaggerated. But my thing is, is always been that it's one thing to have a screaming headline that is designed and intended to get you interested, to actually read what, what, what the story is about. And it's another when you actually interrogate the story and you get into the story and you find that we have actually ticked all the boxes. Yeah. We, 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 we would never publish a story that does not tick all of the boxes. We make sure that it, it is not a thing, it is not a story that is just designed to be a rumor-generating uh, avenue. It has to have, we need to call all the people that have been mentioned in the story. We can't have a situation where somebody has not been given an opportunity to defend themselves. So what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, the story itself, there is no way we would have a story that does not have those answers. And you yourself, as you are reading it, the next obvious question you'll ask, okay, was this person given an opportunity to actually defend what is being said here? And then when you find that maybe that person refused to be interviewed or whatever the case may be, then you see for yourself that, okay, we went out of our way, we made sure that we got the other side of the story. A lot of these stories that that, that, that go around, like especially during off-season, when you mm-hmm. get all of these stories and all of these rumors that often circulate, but end of the day, I think it's absolutely crucial, not just for our names as journalists, because at the end of the day, your name is your currency as a journalist. So what you put out there carries your name on it. It's your byline. That's what you work hard for. And, and also the, the, the title that you work for. And the bottom line is when you pick up 
or a newspaper or when you, when you go online to read our publications, you must be certain that what you're getting is, is meant to give you all the answers. Okay, that you we're going to have to leave it there for the sake of time. I'm Ninawa, Velile, Humuto and Lutando Zibeko, thank you for your contributions. We're going to have a part three because uh, I've got some media officers at the clubs wanting to also weigh in on this conversation, so we must give them the right of response. Jusia, uh, think it's unfair to pose your question about Sokala Duma to the panelist. What I can say from my side is that I, we did the story where we found out that Sokala Duma was doing bogus interviews and um, ever since then in 2015 or 2016 they've been banned from a number of clubs but still every week they have stories about Chiefs and you don't understand how do they have these stories if they don't have access uh, to Kaiser Chiefs. We did invite them to come to the show tonight but they were unable to speak to us this evening but let's see what happens on part three.